Salam Salam from Stony Hill. This is the Rorschach Ethiopia update from the 14th of April 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Ethiopia. Let's start this edition with some news about the conflict in the north, which has ceased temporarily. On Wednesday the 6th, Amnesty International collaboration with the Human Rights Watch released a report entitled, We Will Erase You from This Land, Crimes Against Humanity and Ethnic Cleansing in Ethiopia's Western Tigray Zone. The report focuses on the crimes against humanity committed at the beginning of the conflict almost a year and a half ago. The document also includes war crimes perpetrated by Tigrayan militias and civilians on civilians from the Amhara region and Makadra city. Amnesty and Human Rights Watch have both urged the African Union to deploy peacekeeping forces in the areas. To read the full report, check out the link in our show notes. Speaking of the conflict, on Wednesday the 13th, the Tigray People's Liberation Front, TPLF, said that has pulled out its forces from the Erebti and the Afar region so that humanitarian aid could reach both Tigray and Afar. The TPLF also said that they did this in order to respect the truce with the government, but the central government suggests otherwise. The Deputy Communication Service Minister Kepedi Desisa told Yushti well the same day that the TPLF still hasn't left the area. Still on the topic of the Tigray conflict, 10 hotels in Edis, which the government had closed down, are going to reopen after eight months. The government closed them down because they were suspected of supporting the TPLF financially. The Ethiopian Hotel and Tourism Association has revealed that the National Bank will give these hotels a loan of 5 million burr, or 100,000 US dollars, with a low interest rate of 5.5%. They should pay back the loan within two years. Since these hotels are suspected of aiding a terrorist organization, there's a case in court against them. However, the Ministry of Justice said that even though the hotels will reopen soon, investigations and proceedings against them will continue. He added that the ministry has no participation in opening, controlling, or closing these hotels. Unfortunately, we still got some more news on conflicts. There were serious tensions in the southern region of Ethiopia and the southern Omo zone in Jinka City. A few days ago, the Southern Omo Zone Council held an ordinary meeting in which the Ari people expected a deliberation on their rights to be structured under their own zone. But the issue wasn't on the agenda, and that was when tensions began to escalate. The zone's governor, Nagutu Dansa, apologized publicly and discussions on the Ari's possible zonal government were held. However, the tension did not die since Ari thought that their right to become a zone was denied. A flood of protests took place. Due to the protests, schools closed and commercial activity stopped. According to Governor Nagatu, there's been one casualty. Around 150 houses were burnt down and many others have been injured. The World Bank has revealed that it has ratified a 300 million U.S. dollars donation project worth more than 15 billion beer. The World Bank said that this project was necessary because of the war in the North, as well as conflicts in other regions that resulted in the death of many. The destruction of public and private property and the increase in gender-based violence. The bank said that the grant will help in solving the humanitarian crisis in all of Ethiopia, but will give priority to heavily affected regions Afar, Amhara, Tigray, Banshengul, 
Gomuz or Romia. The U.S. Charge de Affairs Ambassador in Ethiopia, Tracy Ann Jacobson, had a meeting with the head and deputy commissioners of the Ethiopian Human Rights Commission, Dr. Daniel Bekele and Rakib Melesi. They talked about the human rights violations committed in the Tigray conflict and held discussions on who was to be held responsible for them. The ambassador's meeting with important figures didn't stop there as she met with Ethiopia's federal Supreme Court president, Miaza Ashemfani, and talked about the independence, judiciary, and human rights. After that, Jacobson went to the Orthodox Church, a patriarch's residence, and had a meeting with Patriarch His Holiness Father Matthias over peace, reconciliation, and humanitarian aid. The ambassador, Jacobson, also had a meeting with the Minister of Finance, Ahmed Shadid on Friday the 8th. The U.S. Embassy in Ethiopia said that the meeting revolved around strengthening bilateral relations as well as the strong economic and trade ties between the two nations. The Ministry of Finance was in the news this past week again because on Saturday the 9th, it decided not to require importers of basic food commodities to provide a foreign currency license. This practice is commonly referred to as Franco Valuta. And it basically means that importers can use foreign currency from private sources. The ministry made this decision in order to control the price increase in food commodities and to make it easier for citizens who have resident visas in foreign countries to help Ethiopia by importing some goods. Speaking of price increases, construction materials prices have skyrocketed. The Ethiopian Construction Works Corporation said the construction materials shortage and high prices are compelling the corporation to accept contracts at higher prices. The price of construction materials has increased two to threefold, and because of this, many construction companies are out of business. Construction material prices, especially cement prices, are hurting those in Deridawa City. The situation has gotten so bad that some residents had to stop the construction of their houses. And what's more surprising is that one of the few cement factories in the country, the National Cement Factory, is located in Deridawa. The company is selling cement at 400 burr or $8, while retailers are selling it to users for 700 burr or 15 US dollars. The administration said that this was illegal and will try to directly sell the cement to users. Last week, we told you about the strike that the Fuel Transport Truck Owners Association was planning. On Friday the 8th, the association revealed that it will not go on strike. The decision came after the association discussed with the Ministry of Transport and Logistics and reached an agreement. On that note, about transportation, the Ethiopian Civil Aviation Authority has lifted the ban on Boeing 737-MAX aircrafts. The ban was initially put in place after the horrific plane accident that killed a hundreds three years ago. The American Federal Aviation Administration issued a directive that obliged Boeing to fix the plane systems and make the 737 safer. The Ethiopian Civil Aviation Authority took this into account, ensured that the Ethiopian Airlines was following new directives and trainings, and finally lifted the ban on Monday the 11th. If you regularly listen to our podcast, you've probably heard about Safaricom, the first and only private telecommunications service provider in Ethiopia. Well, 
These past weeks, it had been negotiating with Ethio Telecom and the Ethiopian Communications Authority on sharing infrastructure and customers' information. Ethio Telecom revealed that these negotiations were successful and that we'll sign an agreement with Safaricom soon. A few months ago, the company said that it would start providing services on the 9th of April, but that hasn't happened yet. They said the company will start offering services soon. Former Dutch superstar footballer Clarence Seedorf was in Addis this week, and guess what he brought with him? The actual UEFA Champions League trophy. The trophy was on display at the Sheraton Addis Hotel and at the Unity Park on Sunday the 10th. As a part of Heineken's marketing campaign, the brewery giant is one of the Champions League's biggest sponsors. Seedorf had a kickabout that afternoon with former Ethiopian national football team players and the under-23 national team at the Abibi Bikila Stadium. That's it for this week. Thanks for joining us. You can support us by subscribing to our show. This way you'll never miss an episode. Let us know your thoughts and ideas by emailing us at podcast at warshock.com. Ciao!